It's Law and Gospel on Wednesday Bible Study, February the 15th in the year of our Lord, 2023. I'm Pastor Tom Baker. And what we have been doing on Wednesdays these days is taking a look at the book of Proverbs. We're going to be in Proverbs chapter 18, beginning with verse 6. But I want to do a little introduction to it this time that really, well, applies to the entire book of Proverbs. This program is law and gospel. And Proverbs is an excellent example of what God means of the difference between law and gospel. Now, we're just not talking about the law as God's will and the gospel as the good news of Jesus Christ. We're we're talking about people who think they are saved by the law in contrast to those who realize they are saved by the work of Jesus Christ. Therefore, in the entire book of Proverbs, What Solomon is doing under inspiration of the Holy Spirit in those sections he has written is he is making a distinction between how people who are living under the law, how they exist in contrast to those who are living under the gospel. Living under the law simply means you're in charge of your life. Do what you want. You become God. In fact, a good example of that was Adam and Eve when Satan tempted them to eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil with the promise that they would be like God. And so that's living under the law. Every sin is an attempt to become your own God, that you are God, no one else. That's a big problem we're having in today's society, where we have a lot of people who think they can live immoral lives because they reject what the Bible has to say. So when you read the book of Proverbs, you want to take a look and see how is God making a distinction between an unbeliever and a believer? Well, verse 6 begins, A fool's lips walk into a fight, and his mouth invites a beating. Now, what does that mean? Well, the term fool is really always referring to those who are not believing in the gospel of Jesus Christ, who are deciding to become their own God. In fact, this section that Solomon is writing can be entitled, Avoiding Fools and Foolishness. So Solomon is writing to his people, to his son, and he says, you know, an unbeliever's lips often enter into a fight, and his mouth invites a beating because he is so pessimistic. He is so negative. He is so quarrelsome. And and why is a fool like that? Because he walks into a fight trying 
to make his views more important than your views because he thinks his views are really godly in comparison to yours where you might believe in God, but he'll have a fight with you. This can be heard a number of times on the program Law and Gospel when we had people phoning in and disagreeing with what we had to say about the Bible. And they were always walking into a fight. Now, this is what happens in a regular life of a fool. Verse 7 kind of expands this application. A fool's mouth is his ruin or his destruction, and his lips are a snare to his soul. Now, the word snare can mean a trap. In other words, how he speaks is really a snare to his soul. When do your lips become a snare to the soul? And therefore, it's a wider application that you could go to hell. Well, this is really the second commandment. Thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain. And you can hardly see a movie on television these days where they're not taking the name of Jesus or saying some swear word that deals with God. That's a fool's mouth, and it will be his destruction if he is not repentant of that sin, and therefore his lips become a trap for his soul. So the first two verses are really dealing with how we speak. It continues with the third verse, verse 8 of Proverbs 18. The words of a whisperer are like delicious morsels. They go down into the inner parts of the body. Now, what's Solomon talking about here? What is another word for a whisperer? It would be a gossiper. And people who gossip, they love to do it. It's like eating delicacies, delicious morsels. Well, now what commandment is this that God is expanding on? This is the eighth commandment. Thou shalt not bear false witness against thy neighbor. Now, now remember, that eighth commandment is broken not only when you tell a lie about your neighbor, but also when you tell the truth to those who should not be involved in hearing that. So, whispers or gossipers love to hear bad things about others, and then they spread them. Why do they do that? Because they're living under the law. They're wanting to make themselves look good. Look at, here's what this person is doing. Here's what they're thinking. But I'm not like that. And, and therefore, it's a delicacy to whisper about someone 
verses the Eighth Commandment, that they go down into the inner parts of the body. That is where the innermost being of a person is in the Hebrew, that they love this. Now, now you see, the inner part of the body can get excited when they hear the gospel. That happened on the road to Emmaus when, guess what? Jesus was telling the two disciples why he had to die on the cross and why he rose from the dead. And he did so by quoting Old Testament verses. And it said that their hearts were leaping within them as they got excited about hearing this and ran back and told the apostles about this good news. Well, just as the gospel can go down into the inner part of your body in the sense of making you joyous, so can whispering becoming a gossiper against someone else that can make you feel good. It's kind of like a drug. Why do people take drugs? To get a high. And so gossiping about someone, telling your neighbor about what this person did that was wrong, even though it's none of your neighbor's business, that gives them a high. So we're talking about here in those first three verses, how we use our mouth and it can lead into a fight. It can be our rune to the soul. And yet we love doing it because it's a delicacy to be a gossiper. Verse nine, whoever is slack in his work is a brother to him who destroys. Now, what's that talking about? Well, this is talking about people who are lazy. I was watching a YouTube item recently where a person was hired to work in a restaurant and he just wouldn't follow the guidelines. And he wasn't very nice to the customers and he didn't really treat them properly, didn't serve them correctly. He ended up getting fired. Well, later on, he came and robbed the place. But this is someone who is slack in his work and he is like a brother to him who destroys. So this again, is someone who is a vandal and they love to destroy. In fact, what happens when somebody becomes a vandal? They begin to throw things around in the house, break windows, break televisions or other items. A lot of times somebody gets mad and what do they do? They put their fists through the wall and hurt themselves. This is someone who is really a brother to the one who destroys. But now we move on to verse 10. 
6, 7, 8, and 9 is talking about unbelievers who are living under the law who want to do their own thing by using their lips to enter into a fight and become a snare to their soul and have delicacies like gossiping about others and who are lazy in their work because they really don't want to do what they're told to do. Now, verse 10 is an example of a person who's living under the gospel. It says, the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous man runs into it and is safe. Now, the phrase, the name of the Lord, this phrase is the only place found in the book of Proverbs, name of the Lord. The word Lord in the English is all capitalized, each letter, which means that's the name that God gave to Moses on Mount Sinai at the burning bush, Yahweh, name of the Lord. And this is a military kind of function. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. When people would attack a city, the worst thing that would happen to them is that men would be on towers that were on the walls of the city and shooting down arrows uh, against the enemy trying to climb the walls or throwing hot oil on them or some other liquid. And so a tower would often defend the city from the enemies. Well, verse 10 says, the name of the Lord is a strong power. The righteous man runs into it and is safe. Another way to say it is the righteous man runs into it and is protected. This also is a commandment. Which commandment talks about the name of the Lord? Thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain. This is the second commandment. Now, how many times do we as Christians call upon God? Well, a lot of times in prayer, we call upon him. But there are other times when we will call upon him when we are in danger. I mean, how many times have you been riding down the street in a car and you see somebody who's in the wrong lane, they're coming towards you, and you may even pray to God quickly? Or you hear that a relative, a friend, a family member has been hurt in a car accident, and you immediately pray to God that everything will be okay. Well, you can think of the countless ways in which people pray to God, calling upon the name of the Lord. When we go as pastors to a hospital, we don't speak poetry that's written by human beings. I mean, you could go to a hospital and read what Shakespeare has to say. 
It's very interesting, but it's not comforting. Whereas the name of the Lord from the scriptures is a very comforting way. And the righteous man runs into it and is safe, is protected. So this occurs when we sin. We go against the name of the Lord, but as a righteous person, we recognize our sin and repent of it. And that repent, <coughs> excuse me, that repentance is really running at the cross of Christ and remembering that we are protected by the forgiveness of sins. Now we return back to a person living under the law. Verse 11, a rich man's wealth is his strong city and like a high wall in his imagination. This again is a military function. The strong city would be one that can defeat the enemy. And unfortunately, people sometimes who are wealthy believe that they are protected by their wealth. That's the strong tower and becomes like a high wall in his imagination. Remember, every religion in the world outside of Christianity is made up out of the imagination of human beings. And therefore, they're always law-oriented religions where they think that by what they do makes a difference whether they go to heaven or hell. Verse 12. Before destruction, a man's heart is haughty but humility comes before honor. Now, another word for haughty in the Hebrew is proud. Before destruction, a man's heart is proud. That's what happened with Adam and Eve. They took pride in themselves and disobeyed God's rule. Remember what is at the center of sin. The middle letter is I. The center of pride. The middle letter is I. So before man is destroyed, he has a proud heart. And that is what is talking about in contrast to the believer that humility comes before honor. That's a difference between pride and humility. Before destruction, pride occurs. And before honor from God, humility takes place. Where we confess our sins and look to God for salvation. Verse 13. If one gives an answer before he hears, it is his folly and shame. Now, the word folly can be translated as stupidity. 
And shame goes back to verse 12, that it is the opposite of honor. It is dishonor. Now, this was a problem I had to overcome. When I first got on the radio, we had open mic Friday where people would phone in and ask a question. Well, as soon as I heard the question, I would have them stop talking and I would give an answer. And sometimes the answer would be three minutes long. And I thought I did a really good job until I asked the person, what do you think of that answer? And they would say, well, that was a pretty good answer, but that's not what I was asking. So now I have learned that when I hear a question, before I give an answer, I listen to the question. And I do what Jesus did. I ask them, what do you mean by that question? In order that I can give a proper answer. Because when you give an answer before you're listening to someone, people don't really honor you. Verse 14. A man's spirit will endure sickness, but a crushed spirit, who can bear? See, when we go to the hospital and somebody is ready to go to surgery or they're being treated for some illness, the goal of the pastor is to give them a joyous and comforting heart. And so I'll be in a hospital Sometimes there's three people in the room and three of them don't know about Jesus and I'm talking to my member and they end up having a joyous prayer at the end of our conversation because they are comforted by the gospel of Jesus Christ. And then it's not unusual that one of the other people in the room will say, Pastor, can you come over and say a prayer for me? Because they understand that you can endure sickness when your man's spirit is strong. And therefore, your perception on your sickness, your illness, your injury, etc., is really important. If you have a crushed spirit, this implies a lack of faith. And you wonder, how can God be doing this to me? What did I do to deserve this? And therefore, you do not endure sickness or injury or discomfort. So therefore, you need to hear again and again the only thing that can create comfort the gospel of Jesus Christ. Verse 15, an intelligent heart acquires knowledge and the ear of the wise seeks knowledge. Now this is talking about a believer. The word knowledge is used in the book of Proverbs to refer to God's wisdom. And so an intelligent heart, a believer, is seeking out knowledge. 
That's why they love to go to church and the Bible study and read the Bible at home and bring their children up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. Because the ear of the wise seeks knowledge. They want to hear more about what God has to say to them. And they're seeking that and they keep listening for good knowledge. Now, when the pastor expresses the ridiculous notions as found in the Bible, because the members have been given faith by the Holy Spirit, they not only acquire knowledge of God's will, they believe it because they have been given the gift of faith to understand that which sounds ridiculous to the world. Verse 16, uh, the last one in our section for today. A man's gift makes room for him and brings him before the great. Now, what's the gift? Well, the gift mentioned in Proverbs again and again is the gift of the Holy Spirit. And when you receive a gift of the Holy Spirit, you also receive knowledge and you become wise and people listen to you because your advice is very good. And it says, a man's gift makes room for him and brings him before the great. That is, brings him into the presence of great people. Probably a good example of that was John the baptizer. Now, Herod, when he arrested John, he was really interested in hearing what John had to say. And because John had the gift of the Holy Spirit, he was able to speak before the great Herod into his presence. Now, of course, Herod listened to his wife and beheaded John. But prior to that, John had an impact on Herod, as all of us can in following what Proverbs has to say about the difference between living under the law, pretending to be God, and living under the gospel, knowing Jesus alone is our God. Till tomorrow, God bless you. Listen to Law & Gospel each weekday morning at 9.30 on KFUO. For a tax-deductible gift to Law & Gospel, please make your check out to Law & Gospel and mail to Law & Gospel P.O. Box 28910, St. Louis, Missouri, 63132, or call toll-free 1-877-267-1962. Views and opinions expressed on Worldwide KFUO may not represent the official position of the management or ownership of KFUO, the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. If you'd like to comment on programs or topics heard on Worldwide KFUO, write us at KFUO, 1333 South Kirkwood Road, St. Louis, Missouri, 63122. You can also leave a question or comment on our comment line at 314-996-1542. We are the messenger of good news, Worldwide KFUO.